Welcome to Enterprise Radio, the signature show of the Enterprise Podcast Network, featuring some of the most prominent business professionals in the world today. And now your host, Eric Dye. This is Eric Dye, and once again, welcome to Enterprise Radio, part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Joining us on the program, we have Lindsay Dowd, a seasoned business coach with a remarkable 25-year career in sales and leadership, and she has garnered recognition as a top 10 coach by Apple News. Her passion for reshaping leadership and fostering positive cultures has earned her the 2023 Award for Innovation and Excellence, where she was named Business Coach of the Year. Lindsay's legacy as an industry leader is underscored by her book, Top-Down Culture, Revolutionizing Leadership to Drive Results, Solidifying Her as a Thought Leader in Leadership Development and Corporate Culture Transformation. And Lindsay, awesome to have you with us today on the program. Oh, the pleasure's mine. Nice to be here. Thanks, Eric. Hey, you're more than welcome. Great to have you on. Looking forward to hearing from you today. So for starters, how have power skills or better known, I would say, as soft skills evolved in importance within organizations and why are they now considered as vital as technical skills in driving organizational success? Let's start things off with that today. Sure. So, I mean, if you're listening to this, I would love you to retire the phrase soft skills because it basically says they're not that important. So I have renamed them power skills. And these include, you know, active listening, vulnerability, authenticity, you know, how you leverage recognition, delegation, all of those things that are um, not taught very much across the business landscape. They are um, somewhat controversial in that there's some leaders that subscribe to this old school style of intimidation and belittling and embarrassment. And that, you know, we heard loud and clear in the great resignation that that is not what people want anymore. They want more from their leaders. And what you need to understand is when you develop these power skills, they level you up on every level and performance and results is really the best place where you see that. But they're so, so important because if you can create psychological safety and if you can build trust using power skills, you're going to set yourself apart. You're going to set up your organization for success. I can certainly appreciate your renaming soft skills to power skills. How fitting is that? Awesome. Good job on your part. Now, why is fostering psychological safety critical in modern organizations and what are the potential consequences of overlooking its importance? Get into that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, so psychological safety is this incredible um, tool that it's what it does. I had an interview once and this woman said to me, she goes, I don't really subscribe to psychological safety. I think it just means that everyone can mail it in. And it's actually the complete opposite of that. It's giving space to your people to collaborate, to innovate, to stretch and fail. And failure is one of these things everyone avoids. But when you fail, you have an opportunity to learn. So when you're creating psychological safety, you're creating an environment for people to do their best. And the the simplest illustration I can give you is I had an incredible leader. Um, She was a friend of mine. She had just become my boss. I was explaining to her what my strategy was going to be for this very, very huge account that I was covering. And she just stopped me and she said, girl, I've got your back. Now fly. 
And she gave me the confidence and the strength to say to my huge team of 50 plus people, hey guys, we have an opportunity to do things differently. What haven't we tried? Who haven't we talked with? And what can we do differently that we've never done before? It gave us so much wind in our sails. We in turn closed the largest deal the two companies had ever seen. We all crushed our numbers, but it stemmed from that moment and that confidence that my boss had in me. You cannot underestimate the uh, the domino effect that something like that can have. Um, and it really taught me an incredible lesson about leadership. Good stuff right there. An awesome share. And uh, can certainly appreciate your sharing that from a personal perspective. That even adds a lot more value to it as well. Now, how can organizations measure the ROI of cultivating a positive and strong company culture? And what benefits can they expect to reap from such investments? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I want people to know is I came from sales. So results is kind of in my in my blood. That's really why we do this. And culture is hard to measure because it's often a feeling. So people think maybe it's less important because it's a feeling, but it's the fabric of everything. And when you invest in your culture and you invest in your people, the results are incredible. Um, some simple things that you can really keep an eye on are promotion rates. You know, are you promoting from within and how often, and are those people staying in those jobs for a while? Obviously attrition, that's an easy one. Um, your productivity metrics, you know, how are people doing? You know, if it's not a salesperson and you're not measuring against quota, how do you measure them? And looking at their performance reviews. Um, also the promotion of managers, how off, how long are people staying in jobs? I mean, I was in a couple jobs where I was promised a director role for six and seven years. Like that's a terrible way to invest in your people, but look at your customer satisfaction. Look at if you invest in training programs, who gets promoted after taking those training programs and do they stay in those roles or do they leave the company? You know, these are all really easy things to measure that will help give you kind of an understanding of what's going on in the organization. But a really, really basic one is how do people respond on team calls? Do they engage? Do they raise their hand? Do they do they say they want to volunteer for something? Because if they're really quiet, chances are you've got a problem. Really some great information and great insights shared so far and really appreciate your spending a moment with us here today. We're speaking with Lindsay Dowd, a seasoned business coach with a remarkable 25-year career in sales and leadership has garnered recognition as a top 10 coach by Apple News. She's joined us here today on Enterprise Radio a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Now, continuing on, how do poor leadership and bad bosses impact the financial health of businesses and what practical steps can be taken to minimize these negative implications that certainly are out there in the workforce? Yeah, I think um, oftentimes at senior levels, they don't really take into consideration the aftershock of losing a great leader. And um I always say this, you know, when you're a leader assuming a new team, you are entering someone else's house. And when they create culture, there's a couple a couple tracks they can take. They can basically say, um, hey, new sheriff in town, this is my way, buckle up. Or they can say, what's worked in the past? What needs to be changed? Tell me the political landscape of what's going on. When a leader comes in in that vein, they are expressing some vulnerability. They're saying they don't know everything and they're, they're setting themselves up for success. 
When you do it the other way, people feel very insecure. They feel rattled. They're untrusting of this new leader, and it takes them much longer to engage. When one of those great leaders is lost, people really get freaked and they in turn withdraw. Now, if you have a micromanager or one of the really wonderful leaders I described earlier, the, the ogre style leadership, people don't respond well to that. Nobody's ever been inspired by micromanagement. I mean, micromanagement is an incredibly insecure way to lead your people. It's basically saying, I don't trust you. So if you take all of the, the, the bad leadership skills off the table for a second, and you look at the leaders that are doing it right and the ones that are creating the psychological safety. From leading huge teams myself, I can tell you when you do this, we crushed our numbers quarter after quarter after quarter because my team was engaged. They were inspired. They were empowered by their leaders to do incredible things. And they were deeply diverse. Um, when you can say, hey, guys, I don't have all of the answers. I'd love to hear from you. What else can we do to, to try things differently? People feel really um, inspired to jump in and try new things. And when you, the biggest mistake I see Eric, is when you take a top performer who's absolutely knocking it out of the park and the company says, we want to replicate that. We want to multiply that. So let's make them a manager. Well, did you ask the question why they want to be a manager? Because so often you'll bring these leaders up and they only know their, their way of closing. So they can't necessarily uh, impart that wisdom onto their team. It's more of an expectation of why aren't you doing it my way? And people aren't real inspired by that. <laughs> they, they kind of are like, what? I have to do it this way. And those people likely only care about themselves and their wallet. And they also probably manage up very well. So they cover their tracks and the leaders above them may not know how bad their people are struggling. So I just packed a lot in that answer. <laughs> no, I can appreciate the thorough response. Really, really helpful. So thank you so much for the feedback in those regards. Now, how can organizations leverage diversity, equity, and inclusion or DEI strategies to gain a competitive edge in today's globalized business landscape? Well, I love this question because I think what people need to understand is that diverse teams are statistically two and a half times more financially successful than, than the pale mail and stale environments that many of us are used to. And I think what people really need to understand is People are voting with their dollars. And just like consumers, we want to work with companies that are making a good mark on the world. So people want to buy from companies they look like. And putting a token person of color on a board to satisfy a requirement is not checking a, a, a tick box. It is it's making a, a step. But what else are you doing to substantiate that person's success? And, you know, I watch a lot of companies absolutely grow their their DEI teams over the pandemic, only to be completely squashed with the great resignation or the, the great layoff of 2023. And when we saw that happen, these DEI teams went from 50 to two people. That is lip service. That is basically saying this is not an important part of our mission. So when you consider what your mission is, are you aligning to that? Would your employees say that you are representative of those words? Um, I think the biggest mistake I see is when you put people in jobs because you're trying to fulfill a DEI requirement, 
what are you doing to ensure their success? Because there is nothing worse than putting someone in a role they're unqualified for, watching them flounder and fail, and you are only setting your business back. You're not moving forward with the times. And that is the biggest mistake. But this, you cannot, you cannot do enough around this topic. It only, only supports your success. And when your people are diverse, your ideas will be diverse, your collaboration, your innovation, the style you engage, um, it really is a game changer. And I definitely speak from experience on this one. Lindsay, again, thank you so much for spending a moment with us here today on Enterprise Radio. Really have enjoyed hearing from you today. One last thing before you go in conclusion, any closing thoughts, a final word or anything else you'd like to make mention of as we conclude today? Yeah, I mean, I'm here to transform leadership as we know it. And poor leadership and toxic work environments come at a really high cost for businesses. Um, But there are a lot of solutions to help fix this. And by prioritizing empathy and vulnerability and human-centered policies, leaders can really boost their attention and harness the power of engaged and fulfilled teams. And the benefits are immense, you know, reduced turnover, stronger innovation, and sustainable growth. But you really have to remember that culture belongs to everyone. If you are the person off in the corner, you know, whining, saying things are bad, you are part of the problem. If you want to change your organization, no matter what level you're at, you you have the ability to, to, to do that. But I really do believe that you have to model the culture you want at the top. And when you do that, the financial and the social rewards will follow. The perfect place to conclude here today. Lindsay, really do appreciate that. And if listeners wanted to get more information on yourself, as well as your book, Top Down Culture, where's the best place to get further details online? Yeah, sure. So my website is heartbeatforhire.com and you can always pick up my book at um, topdownculture.com. There's a free gift there for folks that are interested. And I'm on uh, all the socials, so you can find me on all the socials on my website as well. Well, I'd say you certainly have the bases covered and listeners will certainly include this link within the show notes of this broadcast. Lindsay, all the best and thanks for spending a moment with us here today on Enterprise Radio. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Certainly was my pleasure. Again, we've been speaking with Lindsay Dowd, a seasoned business coach with a remarkable 25-year career in sales and leadership. She has garnered recognition as a top 10 coach by Apple News. Lindsay's legacy as an industry leader is underscored by her book, Top-Down Culture, Revolutionizing Leadership to Drive Results, Solidifying Her as a Thought Leader in Leadership Development and Corporate Culture Transformation. And for further details, visit topdownculture.com. And this is Eric Dye, and you've been listening to Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Tune into our live location as we are streaming live 24-7 around the world at epodcastnetwork.com forward slash live. You can also find our live stream on iTunes Radio and TuneIn Radio, as well as the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. And as always, we thank you for your support and for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Enterprise Radio. To subscribe to more of our programming, visit epodcastnetwork.com. This is the Epodcast Network.